<laughs> you already have roommates. But do you have a couch <laughs> that I could uh, crash on? <laughs> Hello and welcome to The Lawn Sequence, your comedy podcast about adulting millennials and the life of an ex-college student. Now, I'm Andrew Olson, and I'm joined by my co-host and friend, Micah Anthony. Hello, everyone. On this episode of the podcast, we bring back the Senior Soapbox, poorly summarize life's biggest events, and add meter to the 100-meter swim. Before we get into the meat of the show, it's time for the 10-second check-in. As you may remember, Andrew and I give each other 10 seconds to summarize our weeks. This serves two purposes. One, you get to know what we do besides opine on the internet, and two... I get to cut Andrew off mid-sentence. All right, Micah, you ready? Yes. Since the World Cup has me high-strung, you have 10 seconds to tell me what you're up to. Ready, set, go. Mostly work. Um, I haven't been following the World Cup. I'm sorry, everyone, to disappoint you. Um, I have uh, some really fun social engagements uh, this week. At Done. Wow. Done. 10 know, seconds that was fast. Is, 10 seconds is really short, you guys. <laughs> Whose idea was that? I think it was yours. I think we were taking too long to summarize our weeks, and you're like, we need to, we need to shorten it. I think you're right. It is my own fault. All right, Andrew. <laughs> In the podcast equivalent of 140 characters, you only have 10 seconds to tell us what you've been up to. Ready? Go. Um, I have been watching the World Cup, and it's been really interesting. I watched it with my family. I also started training for a job at a coffee shop and interviewing for other ones and job searching stuff can cover letters and so the worst thing. Well done. I think you right, fit more into your the, experience. I, 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 th- I think you managed to fit more into those 10 seconds than I did today. The real question is whether or not they're actually <laughs> legible, so to speak. Hearable, discernible. <laughs> I'm not sure Hearable, what the vocal equivalent of legible is. Uh, we'll, we'll get back to you with that uh, next week. In the next episode. <laughs> Mike and Andrew talk about esoteric <laughs> linguistics. Andrew, that's every episode. <laughs> Back by popular demand, our recurring segment, Ramen and Rhyme, designed to prove that poetry is ever relevant and versatile. Also, I really love poetry. Yes, you do. Uh, Mike and I have each written a poem in about 15 minutes on the same theme. Mike and I have been trying to get back into shape uh, after I gained the lesser-known Senior 20. So this poem is titled, Swimming. A a quick disclaimer. Uh, Trying to get back into shape might be a little bit inaccurate. Have stated an intent to get back into shape, maybe? (laughs) We're we're trying to keep each other accountable, but let's get to the actual poetry. (laughs) They don't want to know how out of shape we are. Swimming. My workouts, they go on quite swimmingly, though now I swim nowhere near perfectly. To tell you the truth, my swearing's uncouth when I almost drowned on a 50. Oh, well done. Limericks. They're fun. <laughs> They're super fun. Um, yeah, I, I like I like the way um, you, you picked a very rhythmic form for this poem. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I write about that this a little bit in my poem, but swimming is a very rhythmic activity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was a, a particularly effective choice. There's now a lot of jokes that I have about been... sw- swimming when you're like, 
um, when you're on a swim team, everyone's got like five lines of a song stuck in a repeat on their head because you're just like, oh yeah, just trying to just zone out and get in the groove. So I've uh, I think I've done like Eye on the Tiger for for probably like 400 meters just on repeat. That's a, that, that's, that's a pretty good choice for you know a, a physical exertion song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, back to poetry. Workouts not our strong suit. No, not swimming. It's rhythmic, what it is. Regular strokes, left, right, breathe. It's rhythmic when you do it right, and it doesn't get left out. And you step out of your day, and into the pool, and breathe. Aw. Snaps. Snaps to Micah today. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I like the, um... Although, I think usually you do step into the, the pool, and, like, there's that intake of breath of, like, oh my god, it's so cold! Yeah. And yeah. Uh, one pure, uh, just just going to go a little little snobby here, one pure technicality, um, you should be swimming, uh, breathing on at least your third stroke. Um, we want to get you up, uh, get that get the cardiovascular strength up, um, I guess, I, so you can... I, I, I know, I know. I, I almost did left, right, left, breathe, but the line was too long then, Andrew. The line was too long. <laughs> too long. Was it messing with the integrity of your poetry? It was, Andrew. Well, it's messing with the integrity of your stroke. I'll pick poetry. (laughs) And scene. (laughs) Well, life is full of nuance and complexity, and our glorious species has produced volumes of reflection on life's many, many milestones. Mmm, yes. So, we have decided to throw all of that legacy out the window and poorly summarize life's biggest moments. A quick note, both of us are white, fairly well-off, and male, and possess all the privilege that entails. So, our experience, and thus humor, is definitely not representative of all experiences. I think the word you're looking for, Micah, is we are waspy folk. Uh, so, (laughs) take it all with a grain of salt. Alright. Now, Micah. What, what is the event where Grandma probably fainted, the speeches went on too long? Grandma probably fainted, speeches went on too long. Um, graduation. Yes, particularly college graduation. College graduation, yeah, yeah, speeches, grandma, all that. All right, Andrew. Um, the life event, my palms are sweaty, my tie's too tight, but this is the handshake of a leader. Meeting the girlfriend's parents? Father? D- getting your diploma? Oh, no. First job interview? Job interview. It's that, it's that one. <laughs> Although, um, uh, meeting, meeting the, the father of your significant other is, is another good one. All right, Andrew. You put this one off until you really needed it because it is expensive, inconvenient, time-consuming, and a little nerve-wracking. Going to the doctor? Yeah, it's, it's making your own doctor's appointment. Ah. <laughs> that time your parents and relatives remember super well, but you do not remember at all. Uh, your birth. Yes. Congratulations, you did not turn all of your clothes pink. Oh, doing my laundry for the first time. Yep, doing your own laundry. <gasps> Reason number two, your mom made you get a suit as a kid. Close friends bar mitzvah? <laughs> Funeral. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Those are different events. That's a that's a pretty good one, though. Uh, I've actually never been to a bar mitzvah. Uh, neither have I. I don't know why. That's the one that popped into my head. 
Two people high on chemicals make life-altering decisions while being enabled by their friends and family. Uh, uh a wedding. Yep. <laughs> that was that was a very Andrew description of falling in love and and uh, choosing your your life partner. All right, Andrew. It is very hot, and you're wearing clothes designed to keep 16th century British academics warm during the winter. College graduation. Absolutely. And those <laughs> No, because dumb you like hats. to make the joke about you like to make the joke about how I the robes were designed do. for the wrong time I and place. Do. Alright. When a quirk of history and globalized media mean that women across the world emulate a 120-year-old British royal and buy overly expensive clothes that they only wear once. Do you need it again? <laughs> What? Yeah, yeah, no, do that, do that again. <laughs> All right. When thanks to a quirk of history and the globalized media, women across the world emulate a 120-year-old British royal and buy overly expensive clothes to never wear them again. Is it like <laughs> some fashion show? Is it, uh... uh, uh... Hint, it, it, uh, it involves white clothing. Is is it another wedding thing? It's another wedding. Is is Queen it like Victoria the wedding dress? Popularized the white wedding dress. Who who who? Queen Victoria. Oh, okay, okay. Jokes based on things Micah didn't know about history. Uh, life event. If I can just sit here calmly for ten hours with a whole bunch of strangers, I'll be in a new place. Plane flight. Uh, when you have never been so interested in proving that you have the same interests and values as a bunch of skeptical 50-year-olds. Oh, um, is it like a, like a, a job interview, like, panel kind of thing? Effectively, it's a job interview for one specific job. A job interview for, for one, th oh, um, uh, Yes, I too like 50th century sailing Bob. <laughs> I'd love to go out with you sometime. <laughs> Sucking up to the parents of your significant other. Yes. <laughs> You're super nervous. The other person is super nervous. You're both nervous together, and that's part of the fun. How about that generic local sports team? Um. I mean, the Giants, I think, are doing well. Um. I don't... <laughs> Something about uh, the, the nervousness is part of the uh, first date. Yeah, first date. I don't think the nervousness is part of the fun. It's part of what makes it exciting, Andrew. Come on. <laughs> so the person says <laughs> we're both currently single, so I wouldn't overplay. Yeah, the excitement of it. Uh. Can I get you some coffee? Make copies? Do some other useless menial task in exchange for experience? <laughs> Internship. Absolutely. Thankfully, I've had fairly positive intern experiences, but uh, that, that is the stereotype. Good, good. Ideally, you know what the other person is going to say, but they might say no. Oh, God. What if they say no? This was expensive. What if they say no? <laughs> Asking someone to marry you. Absolutely. It's, it's marriage proposal. Although, like... I'm I'm a firm believer. Some of our friends recently got engaged, and the fact that like they knew for certain so much that they like jointly planned the engagement. That's how oh, I yeah. want to do mine. Like I want to oh, be so yeah, no, so that's... confident that I'm like. <laughs> so we're doing it too. Like Saturday. <laughs>
We're looking forward to welcoming more guests on the show in the future um, to give their perspectives on all this adulting business. In preparation, we've come up with some good intro questions. As of yet, we have no one to use them on, but uh, practice makes perfect. Please welcome to the podcast my esteemed colleague, former roommate, and best friend, Andrew Aww. Olson. And me, Micah Anthony. <laughs> we're so glad to have you on the podcast, Micah. Uh, we're, we're very glad to have you here, Andrew, today. Uh, thank you for coming on. Thank, thank you for oh, taking the time out of, out of your busy schedule to uh, come chat with us. Yeah, I was just working on a script this morning, but you know. <laughs> you, you, you I mean set this aside one? time for you guys. The, the one that we wrote a half hour before recording? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, so Andrew, what was a moment when you felt like an adult? I think there was, uh, moments in college where, um, there was some kind of crisis, someone needed, um, help, uh, or for example, when the fire came and we were, mm-hmm. um, you know, doing our best to keep kind of each other's spirits up and, and get ready to evacuate if we needed to. Um, so times where I felt like I, my... You know, which can sometimes be a good tendency, uh, good tendency to, um, you know, uh, take charge and organize. Um, which at other points can be overbearing or, or arrogant. But you know, at those moments, I you know felt like I was taking care of people I cared about and I had a responsibility and clear goals, and I appreciated that. Um, I think also when I was uh, out in D.C. last summer, I worked as a as an intern uh, for an NGO yeah. called World Vision. Um, and you know, I was living alone for the the whole summer. I was cooking my own meals. I had to get myself places. I planned all my weekends, you know, had to get, you know, my reports in on time and all that. So, um, since it was the closest thing I I've been to, you know, kind of fully emancipated, I, uh, I think that was like an adult experience. What about you? Um, what was a moment you felt most like an adult, Micah? Mine, mine is not as good as that one. Um, I, I have a very distinct memory um, I, I remember I called my parents, um, we, we were calling for some other reason, but I told mm-hmm. them, I feel like I have become a man. And they were like, oh, okay. What? <laughs> why? Like what? Uh, you know, uh, give us yeah. more details. Um, and it was the first time I made an appointment and like organized my own haircut in Santa Barbara where where <laughs> where I was not going to the barber that I had gone to, you know, mm-hmm. all throughout my life growing up where I had to like find out where there was a place and and research and find a good place and like look up the hours and get myself this was before I had a car at college so I had to get myself there and 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 get a haircut. But that was that was a, a a very strong memory in my mind of like yes I am an adult I have figured out this thing in a new city. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also thinking the I'm not sure if you've experienced this but when um you come back home and have conversations with older adults uh, on more of a level playing field like you're talking yeah. politics or religion or something and you feel yeah. like you know maybe you're maybe you're holding a beer or like you know a glass of water and you're all sitting around and you're you know talking about whatever the local controversy is and like you're an equal member of that conversation i think that's yeah. another moment where it feels like you've graduated so to speak what moment in your adult life makes you feel most like a child like when i don't know a thing that i should definitely know how to do by now 
mm-hmm. and it's just like a, a thing that I haven't like like I shouldn't feel ashamed that I don't know a thing just because I haven't been taught it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when there there are things that I definitely need to know about that I don't. Um, like I I mean I've I've done taxes a, a couple of times. I don't really know how taxes work, and I feel like you know I I probably should. Um, like things that I haven't necessarily needed to know about, but, but don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My answer to my question brings up, I think for me, some interesting questions about how we divide adulthood or, um, childhood. Cause I think the times I think of feeling like a child are either those moments of kind of feeling overwhelmed and really just desiring, um, the comfort of a, like a paternal figure uh, mm. of some kind. Uh, when you're like, you kind of want, you want the blankie in the movie and, you know, the, you know, a hug and being told it's all going to be okay. Um, and on the other hand, I think <clears throat> moments where I'm just excited, like super, super, super excited about something and just kind of like want to run around and show it to everyone and like, you know, um, you know, la- like when I'm in like a museum I love or uh. like I go to the California Academy of Sciences and I'm like, but well, this is so cool. Everyone needs to be excited. And like, you know, I want to go buy the the T-shirt with the little, you know, sea fish on it and, um, <laughs> you know, like pull on the you know, sleeves of friends. And you got to come see the, um, you know, amazingness of, of it all. So I think moments like, you know, going to Disneyland or going to um, an amusement park or something like that where, um the the kind of the excite unbridled excitement we associate with children um yeah kind of comes out i'm not sure that's should be seen as as childish in the sense of i think everyone should be allowed to do that i'm a big fan of un, right well un, it's unironic it's, it's childlike but not childish yeah that's, that's maybe a good way to break it down yeah 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 so andrew tell me what did you want to be when you grew, grew up um, well, I was a big fan of the West Wing, uh, which is a <laughs> show about the West Wing of we the, the White no House. We had no idea, Andrew. No one could have guessed this. <laughs> well, so, some, of the, some of the listeners of the podcast haven't heard my me break down West Wing episodes. Yes, you know, that is true. Based on their moral and ethical implications for good government and separation of powers. And, but well, I have. Getting started. <laughs> yes, you have <laughs> many times. <laughs> anyway, so I wanted to be the president or a member of the West Wing staff. Um, I also read a lot, um, very a lot, a lot, um, particularly fantasy novels. So I thought maybe I would go become uh, an author. Um, I mm-hmm. have not mm-hmm. really pursued not like fiction writing, although I, I write uh, journalistically and, and reflectively. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. And also, I guess I write the script for these podcasts. Um, so yeah, I think president or or author. Um, I I think I was pretty obsessed with power as a kid. Um, maybe still a little obsessed. Just I, I was going to say, of, as a kid, progress. <laughs> veneer of doing good. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think uh, president or author. Cool, cool, cool. What about you? Um, when I was young, I was focused on the sciences for a long time. Um, oh, yeah? pretty, pretty much until like, until like 10th grade in high school. So for, for a long time, I, I considered, um, a, a career in the sciences. Um, when, when I was very young, I wanted to be an astronaut because space is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then I um I was I was interested in in neuroscience and and sort of working with the brain for for a long time, um, but like I I also always uh, deeply deeply loved teaching. Um, that's that's the career I'm I'm currently mm-hmm. pursuing, and uh, sort of about halfway through high school i i realized that i had been saying if i ever become a teacher and then finishing the sentence with whatever so i just stopped that and started saying when i become a teacher uh there you go i, I actually had forgotten that you were so mm-hmm. interested in the sciences yeah i think for, i, I, for, I, for I a very came around to the point where you were looking more towards more towards teaching specifically yeah yeah, yeah. it would been great to have you in the lab could, uh, we, we could have been uh, lab partners in addition to mess around and philosophize partners. I, I feel like that would have ended poorly somehow. <laughs> like, like we, we would have had a ton of fun. I feel like in general, that is not the best idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So we both established that we read quite frequently um, for uh, all our wonderful audience members. Look, uh, looking to get some more reading in. what's the best coming of age book you've read. Um, it's been a long time since I've read it, but um, I really enjoyed reading a separate piece in high school mm. by uh, John Knowles. Um, okay. And it is the story of uh, two boys in a, um, in a New England boarding school um, during the start of one of the world wars, and I don't remember which one, um, but... It's it's just sort of like a year in the life of of these these boys at the boarding school, and it, it focuses on on two that are that are good friends. Um, but like some of the boys graduate and go off to war, and you know one of them, uh, you know they they get injured, and it's it's just like looking at at humans and and people. Um, hmm. And I, I I've been meaning to reread it uh sometime soon but that 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 was a good one another mm. one i'm not sure if this technically counts as a coming of age book but but it kind of does in in some senses um mm-hmm. frankenstein is is very good um <laughs> of course you would consider frankenstein a coming of age book. i mean sort of loosely both for dr frankenstein in, and the creature the it, creature certainly it is kind of a, a coming of age story not not well, in the he's, traditional he's discovering sense, humanity i guess yeah which is an element of coming-of-age stories. Basically, what I'm saying is, if you haven't read Frankenstein, you should read Frankenstein. All of your pop-cultural ideas of what Frankenstein is are wrong, and the book is better. Spoken like a true literature nerd. It's uh, true. Right. I-, I am right. That would be a good subtitle for this podcast. The long sequence, I am right. <laughs> That's a that's a new segment title where we just say things and follow them up with "I am right." I am right. <laughs> Tune in next week. Creme for... brulee is an important dessert. I am right. Wow, you know me everyone so well. should read for an hour a day. I am right. The correct st- starter for Pokemon is Char- Charmander. I am right. Listen to this man; he's giving you good advice. Andrew, what is the best coming of age book you've read? Um. I, I thought a long time uh, about this one because uh, I, I think there are a lot of really phenomenal books. Um, I think the gen- whole genre of kind of YA or young adult is uh, often kind of put down. I think there's some really meaningful reflections in that category. Um, that category is very important to me in, in high school and, and early college. 
Um, uh, the book I chose is called Paper Towns by John Green. Mm-hmm. Um, not because I think it's actually the, the, the best of John Green's work, although I think it is a good book. Um, because one of the themes um, of imagining others complexly, of the mm-hmm. um, tendency of all people, um, particularly young people in love, to see their their significant other as a monolith or as an ideal of what they'd like them to be. Um, and part of my journey in, in college and as a thinker is um, trying to understand the complexity of the world more, the uh, complexity of other people. Um, to and and it was an important book in for me uh, in recognizing some of my own own tendencies as as a young adult to um, project my desires onto other people for what they I want hmm. them to be. Um, without spoiling too much, the book plays around with the issue of. Um, what, uh, how we, Im- the power of human imagination to create reality, um, and then also, um, our imagination, um, seeing others as what we want them to be rather than as, as equally complex and valuable people. Every podcast needs some sponsors. And since we're the one podcast Squarespace hasn't sponsored yet, this episode was sponsored by Andrew's relationship to the West Wing. Andrew's relationship to the West Wing, whenever you need a TV show from 10 years ago, overanalyzed. <laughs> Came in here to have a good time, and I'm feeling so attacked right now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this show is brought to you by Being Literature Nerds. Arguing Frankenstein is a coming-of-age story since 2018. I came out to have a good time, and honestly... <laughs> <laughs> Are you feeling a little attacked right now? But to be fair... I would write that paper. Like, that would be a good paper. Well, thank you for listening to us while wondering if androids dream of electric sheep, <laughs> telling everyone you've gone vegan, or whatever more meaningful task you combine with this podcast. We would love suggestions for poem titles, questions, and our advice segments. Some listeners have been asking us where the senior soapbox went, uh, our segment when we answer listener questions. Well, uh, first off, we are no longer seniors, so we need to find a new title. And second, we need more listener questions. Send them in! Please send your suggestions to our team at thelaunchsequencepodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, or hit us up on Twitter at Launch Seek Pod, that's launch, S-E-Q-P-O-D. If you're enjoying the podcast, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. It's great because you get to tell us what you want and enjoy listening to, and it will help us get new listeners. Sound design and editing for the launch sequence was done by Mark Carlson, and our logo was designed by Izzy Mata. Until next time, I'm Micah Anthony. And I'm Andrew Olson. And this has been The, the Launch, launch Sequence. sequence.